I'm not saying we're better than everybody, but we know what's right and what's wrong. We have a podcast. Point on everything is canon. Yep. Everything we say you believe. Every single thing. Don't question us. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to our mini so Today we're gonna be diving deep into the mental floss of Norse mythology. Norse mythology, our Nordic culture. We so, we know plenty, but not enough. See, here's where do you where do you think most of your uh, your knowledge comes from, Dalton? I would say it started up with Vikings when I was watching the show. What year? Uh, I don't know when that show came out. I watched it from the start, though, hmm. whenever it came out on TV. Week by week? Week by week. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty great. But I think once we took the 23andMe test and I realized that I actually had some Scandinavian in me. How much? I can't remember. But it was a good amount. Yeah? Me and Dad, I mean, me and Dad had a lot more than you did. Yeah, like 3%. What are you mostly? Uh, I think after my mom's side, so it's a lot of like my Native American percentage was super high, and then my you had a lot of Spaniard, didn't you? Yeah, a lot of Spaniard, majority actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we got we do have Tell a lot of mom's side in us, but yeah. Once I once I saw that I had some of that, I was like, oh, now he get Nordic tattoos. That's that's game <laughs> over. My thirteen percent allows me. But I think a lot of it sparked when with the Viking show, I just kind of got interested in like how they believed in things and the pagan culture. And then I kind of started kind of going into it with God of War. Yeah. And then and then Assassin's Creed Valhalla and all those shows. And I kind of just, I love the culture. I love anything about it. Now, when you say culture, it's interesting to me because what is it about that culture that intrigues you? A lot of the fables that we believe in or the, the fables that we know and love, like anything from... Like even stuff from like Lord of the Rings to stuff from you know little folk tales that we used to hear. Like what? Like, like give me. It can be like an obvious one. A super obvious one is like Hansel and Gretel. Okay. Like that one is Germanic tribes focused, but it has a lot of like a lot of folklore back then was based on teaching your kids to not do something. So for them, it was like don't run in the wild and eat candy from a, from a stranger. You know, that yeah. was basic, that's the basics of the story, but it make it they always tend to go darker and that's something that i always liked is more of the darker shit yeah and so i've always enjoyed you know a lot of those stories and and where they come from and that's kind of like where i base a lot of like the artwork that i like you know is kind of based through that culture and through elves and gnomes and anything you could think of is like they made it alive so do elves come from nordic culture because i have never thought about elves being in part of that realm. I always think of it more as, you know, mermaids, dwarves from that culture, like fairies, like like stuff like that, you know. But then also too, you have like giants were a part of that, and you know what are what are mermaids that fly and shoot you in fucking Witcher? Well, Witcher's based on Nordic sirens, sirens, sirens. You know, and at least for me, when I think about it, like ninety percent of anything that I know about this at all comes from assassin's creed valhalla and vikings like the tv show now how accurate any of that is i have zero idea but like the show vikings is really cool because 
the first season shows you all about how they learned how to navigate the waters and how they were such great craftsmanship when it came to boat building and these other things. And then it follows this character who I believe is a historically factual character. Ragnar uh, Lothbrok. Ragnar Lothbrok. And how just the way that the he's probably my favorite character in any TV show that I've ever watched. Like throughout the seasons, like the, like the development and everything, like it, it's, it's, brilliantly written but just like especially the first couple seasons he's just such a fucking badass yeah you know and and it's cool to see but then also too like you know they talk a lot about the religious aspect about you know you of of this culture so you brought up the you know some of the fables and stuff like that well what about the religious aspect of it did they believe in a god believe in gods what did that look like yeah they had multiple gods all in valhalla and it was like, you know, we all know Thor, Thor and Loki, but there's still Odin. There's still Is it Loki or Floki? Freya. Huh? Is it Loki or Floki? Loki. Floki was the character. Oh, uh, so it was just another guy? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't know all their names. Those are the main ones that I know. But they, a lot of it, like, you know, they had a god of love, a god of war, and like they had gods for everything, just like, you know, Greek culture and and other things like that but it was interesting to see at least that my perception of vikings was that show was 10 times better than game of thrones ever could be that's my opinion i think game of thrones is trash compared to vikings but i still like game of thrones but that's just because vikings just brought everything together and they took it they took their time and effort and gave you everything you needed to know about that character and really showed how they grown as a person and development was huge with everybody like it, it you watched it because it took time and you felt like you were living with them. You felt like you were growing with them. So I think that's why I really enjoyed the show. And I feel like Game of Thrones just kind of threw things at you sometimes, including at the end of the last season, the death season. I hate that season. But it's interesting to see how they can direct a show like that and then yeah. make you get it all involved and learn. Like you actually want to learn more about what they believed in. And and I think I kind of fell in love with a lot of like the the music that came out of it like pagan culture music is really interesting to me yeah i don't mean dad we're, we were going to go to a concert where it was going to be like it was like a not like a pagan fest but it was like this a this fest. this this, <laughs> this band that would come and play and they would do all these like ritual type music and they would come out dressed in like this ghostly white paste with like horns and blood stuff it was crazy it was super cool and i was going to go before covid hit yeah, and then something that the show does a good job of is like Dalton said, like the rituals and the sacrifices. So there's a sacrificial ceremony called the Blood Eagle, and what yeah. it what it does is it's it's meant for like the worst of crimes, and this person basically is going to be executed, and but they're going to be sacrificed to Odin. At least in the show, it was to Odin. It, it was Odin, like the main god. Like Odin's like the uh, the father, yeah, father of Thor. And but that's the thing is, I wanted to ask you in figuring out all your you know your experiences with Norse mythology. Is it? I feel like most mythologies or most old style religions are filtered through what is like the main norm now, which is Christianity. So mm-hmm. Christianity has a God and a Jesus and stuff, and so old mythologies might get filtered through that where yes zeus was the all father you know kind of was uh, odin in marvel is called the all father yeah 
but was he really or were they more all equal with each other and then you know was thor as important as he is in in the comics and stuff Mm -hmm. i think a lot of it comes from that i think a lot of it is a cool entryway into learning more about cultures i think marvel does a really good job of that is like involving like these ancient religions and kind of making it a piece of like this like just expanding it and i think it helps a lot of people open up their eyes to new things it's interesting about like the christianity and stuff though because i think a lot of it kind of has the same basis for religion and i think it's it's just everyone's perception is different and they can all believe what they want to believe but i think sometimes like a lot of like uh pagan culture is a lot of witchcraft or wiccan and that's becoming more and more popularized yeah uh recently and it seems there's an influx of wiccan and i think a lot of like christianity catholicism all those things are kind of going down little by little and that's becoming a worry in in america is because we were raised with christianity and and catholicism and now that that stuff's going down and this new upbringing of people are viewing things very differently and believing in different things and it's just everything's kind of changing so in the next like 20 years who knows what's going to be around because i think there's I, I knew i knew a good amount of people who believed and had like who believed in like odin and thor and and floki and had statues and stuff in their homes and they have little areas for them to pray to it and i thought that was really cool that they would have that stuff set up but that culture and that religion is still holding fairly decently you know i feel like it'd be very hard to do the rituals that they did back in the day not as hard as you think especially now especially because there was a ritual called the blood eagle and what the blood eagle was that was only that wasn't necessarily used a lot so what the blood eagle is, is when you need to sacrifice somebody to Odin and you go and you essentially cut them open and then cut their backs open, cut their backs open. And then you pull their back skin out to the sides. So it looks like they have wings, wings. and you leave them to die on. They spread it on apart post. on two posts and they uh, wrap it and they put rope in there and they spread them out. And then they just let them die there, like alive. Yep. They're still alive. And they just they just leave them there. And the vultures kind of like crucifixion. And like the crows Kinda. and ravens will go and pick at it. Mm-hmm. And since ravens would go, ravens a sign of, of Odin. 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 And ravens are like what's gonna get him. So ravens will go and pick at his back while he's alive. It's like excruciating pain. Yeah. They do it. They do it for that. They do it for like killing, like really, like I mean, they did it in England to raise fear. Yeah. You know, especially because I mean, like that that sight in and of itself is pretty atrocious. And then to you know, especially when you're coming, so they came and invaded England mm-hmm. um, and tried to settle land, like in that land, and claim it as their own. And so I feel like a part of that was just like showing dominance of one of their own. Like, look, we'll do this to you. And especially from in England, there was you know, deeply. They were deeply entrenched in Catholicism. So they're more like, oh, we have these codes of ethics and rules that we have to follow. And these people are all heathens. And that's why they're going to do this. And, well, you know what I mean? So there was more rules for them to follow. And the Vikings, especially, you know, at the front gate, like one of the first episodes of the Viking seasons, it shows them going to a monastery. And they're there to 
kill and pillage everything right so they run in and all the monks that are there studying are running away and they're realizing they're like oh they're not gonna fight back like oh stealing from them to get our gold is gonna be the easiest thing in the world and so i feel like you know it's just interesting to see all of that like stuff i never would have thought about if i didn't watch the show Mm -hmm. well so that's asked the question of what kind of mythology what kind of religion what did the norse people have you know, because Greek mythology, I felt like, was very neutral. It was very explanatory. And it gave, it really just gave reasons. And it had its rituals. It had its, you know, prayers and sacrifices asking for which. But it was, like, very even in that all of the gods all had their own personalities. And they all sucked and stuff compared to, so it was, like, a neutral mythology versus Christianity, which, granted, it has its depictions of hell. And, and you know, it's got its own sense of fear baked into it but you know you're following the teachings of jesus and you're following the teaching and he's working to make everyone a better person and make it a better place so it's a religion that's inherently positive buddhism is one that is really just connecting you to the earth it's not so much or it's it's about wisdom so that one's kind of more neutral too but like his north mythology one that's a, pos- a positive perspective one, a neutral perspective, or is it like a, a nihilistic perspective kind of one? I think that uh, that's kind of hard to answer because they were warriors and they definitely idolized war. That being that Valhalla is their heaven, which is essentially a realm where they can go and every day they go out to the battlefield and they have war and they come back to this dining hall and then they party and they drink and eat and they tell the stories gods. about their 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 warrior days and when they, they battled and they share stories with each other and stuff like that. So that's their heaven, right? And their hell is Jotunheim. Is it Jotunheim? Oh, yeah, that is it, right? I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Maybe. Anyways, but it's like the opposite. Like it's not it, like, so like when we think of hell, we think of like in at least the way we were raised, like, you know, flames and fire and you know, this motherfucker with a pitchfork running around. But for them, it's like ice. Like it's like cold, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a very different depiction. Well, and, and how much is that based on where they were? Yeah. They're in, yeah. in right next to Antarctica. How cold. many people died, you know, in the cold and mm-hmm. in, the, in yeah. the ice. I never even thought about that. But, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But, like, that being said, like, it depends on how, what your view of war is because for them it was good. Yeah. That's why they were so deadly. Because yeah. Because they were like, if I'm going to die, I get to go to, you know, Valhalla. Yeah, there's, so there's no I, punishment. Fuck it. I'm going to kill all of you until you kill me. And so cowards were the ones that were sent to Helheim. Yeah. the ones Helheim. That that's what it's called. Yeah. Helheim. Jotunheim is the giant's land. Jotunheim is the giant's place. Yeah, man, that that game. Didn't was you so guys much play fun. God of War too? Yeah, I want to say so. It also comes from that. Can't wait for the second one. Yeah, but I got way more entr- entrenched in Assassin's Creed in than because you spent uh, more time in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got really into it. Those games were fun. I think it's cool that video games can teach you things like that too. I was gonna say this is my uh, Assassin's Creed. If I ever get dropped off in Iceland, I'll be like that kid that got, got left in, what was it, France or Paris? I was able to, like... I don't think it's as accurate, but I believe you. I'll find my way. I'm sure you will. <laughs> like, there's supposed to be a bear here. It's happening. <laughs> but so we kind of focused this episode around, like, 
the darkest myths from Norse mythology just because one, it's Norse mythology and two, you guys like the darker stuff. Also because we are talking about the Northman, which comes out in two weeks and this Woo. is good. Oh yeah. It looks so, so good. I'm so I'm pumped, pumped for that, it. that movie, man. I'm so pumped for that movie. You know, dad's pumped for that movie. Yeah. Did you guys show him the trailer? Yeah. I watched it with him. He was all excited. He's like, when are we going to go see it? I was like, whenever it's out, dude, we're going to go check it out. Yeah. So we, we wanted to kind of dive into more of the, what, what would you call this? Like mythology of it? Yeah. Mythological. Yeah. Just the myths of, of, of the, how the world, of the area. And And I don't know the difference between North or I don't know to what extent the difference is between Norse mythology and Celtic mythology. Uh-huh. See, Celtic makes me think of fairies. Celtics are fairies, yeah. changelings, leprechauns. Yeah, I don't elves. know. That'd be an interesting one to to learn more about and dive into. That'd be cool. But it's much more the like the land of the fae. But that also has goblins and dwarves and things like that. It's a lot of cro- it is a lot of crossover. Yeah, I think, there's a lot of crossover. I think it's a lot more ethereal. Oh, and one, and another thing about like the gods of this like religion. They're all inherently flawed. I think Christianity and Catholicism is the only God that like is this all perfect being. And it's like, this one is like, there's multiple of them. They're all flawed. Everybody likes to have sex and have babies with everybody. Relatable in a lot of ways. (laughs) Relatable in a lot of ways for a lot of those people. I I was supposed to say that like 10 minutes ago and I totally forgot. It's like Greek and Roman mythology too. Yeah. 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 Everyone had their faults. Mm hmm. It's weird, yeah, because those, it was like they made the gods in their image mm-hmm. rather than the other way around. But yeah, so it starts It starts with this first one, which was just the origin of the universe, which has its, you know, different stories in each one. But this one was decidedly, you know, Christianity is God made, or, and I'm just focusing mostly on Christianity. I know that one in Greek mythology. I know that one, too, because I love that one. But Greek mythology was, you know, there was a father and a mother. They had, they had sex and then, like, created the world through the act of creation, whereas Norris uh, mythology takes a very different path to that. And so basically it comes from this being named Ymir, and I'm probably butchering that, and became both the mother and the father of the race of the Jotuns, and they would later on become the enemies of the Norse gods. So what ended up happening is essentially Odin and his family decided that they wanted to bring life into this world and fill it all up, right? But the only way to do it is they weren't able to create something out of nothing. So Odin gathers his brothers around and they decide the only way that we're going to be able to fill this world with people is to kill Ymir. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. And basically, they made the world out of his body and the sky out of his skull. So, And then his blood became the sea, his bones and teeth became rocks and mountains, and his brains became the clouds. Which is literally the exact opposite of every other creation story that I've ever heard. You know? Which I think lays the groundworks for what you were asking me earlier, like what's viewed as positive or negative. And then it kind of makes sense as to like if the death of somebody was the creation of this world that we're all in, right? Then it doesn't make sense that the quote unquote heaven is going to be a place that you can only get into by essentially creating more, Yeah, you know? Yeah. 
Like it's this different view on death in and of itself, where it makes death, even though pain, it's still painful. It's not as it's a sacrifice to give to go to the best, do it to the better place. Exactly, and it's kind of like at, at some point, if you find out that somebody died a warrior's death, and like you're sad, it's kind of like, do you hate that person? You know, like you don't want them to be able to experience that. Like yeah. that's what everybody strives for, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think sometimes, and even in the Viking show, they like these guys will like beg to like fight, like let me fight you so you can kill me so I can go to Valhalla. And sometimes like, I think it's, it's hard to watch when they're like, no, they like just kill them without letting them fight back because it's like, I don't have enough respect for you to go and meet me there. Yeah. It's crazy. Like how, I mean, these people believed, like lived it, you know, and it's, you don't see that that much anymore, but like people lived this stuff. They didn't question, you know anybody's fates they they knew what the reality of their situation was and they just went for it and to take to, to essentially take heaven away from somebody is is almost like like the worst the worst thing you could do to to a viking you know and you could always see the distraught in their eyes and to know somebody lived that is just wild to wild to think about yeah but even the imagery of it is insane yeah just the idea of like making his brain the clouds, the the blood becomes the sea instead of it just being water. His bones and his teeth. That's the most, you know, significant one for me is how that becomes the mountains. The you mountains know? and the But rocks. then it becomes the idea of like these people are living on ancient land. They're living on the, the land made from the gods. Mm-hmm. So everything given to them is from them. But also like they had harsh weather. They had harsh conditions that they were living in but they chose to stay there you know because it was their it was their home that's all they knew and they were okay with that you know yeah and they just they wanted to expand obviously and they they fucking did yeah um but there was always that home-esque thing where returning back home was 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 like coming back to your your roots literally the roots like a monumental occasion for Mm -hmm. everybody but it is crazy to see all right that yes odin was at least somewhat pivotal in that he was there as part of the creation story. So he is, if not, you know, he's maybe one of like the three Zeus, Hades and Poseidon. He's not just some one of the gods. He's one of the main gods. Yeah. And I think for him, at least as, as we see him from Marvel and whatever, whatnot, he's always seems to be like, I think a lot of people notice he has always has Ravens with them. And he, he misses an eye. He does. He has only has one eye. Mm-hmm. And I and for that, it's it's super interesting because. So, so how, why is it that, like, for Odin and his ideology, why is it that it didn't really catch on except for people that were like shamans? Like, why was there such a big following for shamans? What were they attracted to? So to Odin, Odin, Odin did this practice. And it was something that wasn't really accepted by a lot of people. It was considered unmanly and a kind of super, kind of just dark. You know what I mean? Whoa. And it was called the magic of cedar. And he wanted to, you know, gain knowledge and learn the roots of the world and understand everything around him. But to do that, there's sacrifices that have to be made. And I think sacrificial releases are big for this culture and big for this this religion. And for him specifically wisdom always came with the price and to gain the insight into that future he had to sacrifice an eye 
to drink from a magical well and in that process learned about his fate and that's something that you know we saw with ragnar Mm. and him trying to escape that fate and trying to run away from it and trying to change it and sometimes I, i think the reality is you just can't change it and that's what they all had to come to terms with and even odin had to come to terms with that i think what's kind of interesting too is that like odin is in all respective purposes like god right like he's the all father like he's one of the main ones that mm-hmm. you know came up with the idea of killing the 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 ymir whatever his name is in order to help you know better the world but even for him like where he literally created this earth there was still something that he had to give up in order to obtain the knowledge that he was looking for and you know i think that that's an interesting point because it's like you know one there was still a sacrifice to be made even if you were a god like that 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 rule of this world doesn't just apply to humans it's it's everybody and then two it's even when he had everything he wanted it still ended up being his biggest detriment, you know, at least in the case of Ragnar, like that's all he thought about the last, you know, two, three, four, five, six seasons or whatever it was. Right. And for Odin, like that's all he could think about trying to escape this or that. And I think, I believe if I remember correctly, Odin's fate was that he was going to be eaten by a wolf. That was Loki's son. What was his name? Fenrir. Yes. Fenrir. Fenrir was going to eat and, and be the demise of the gods in the world that he had created. So he spent all of his time trying to avoid Fenrir growing up. And so they end up chaining him up. And all this stuff happens to a point where Ragnarok happens, right? Mm-hmm. And this inevitable thing, this thing that they had spent so much time trying to, to move on from fate's fate and you know it they you couldn't even as you know being the all father you can't escape your fate you know so it's just it's interesting to me how there's like there's no wild card in this you know it it brings a sense of relatability from a human standpoint to a god it's like even they can die and so it becomes more of a realness to them because they're like you know they bring stories of like their gods going through situations that they've been going through and them feeling that same type of impact in their own ways. So it just makes everything so much more relatable. And I think why that's why this was such a strong form of a religion. Because it was a lifestyle. You know, they they lived every second of it thinking the same way as they're walking with the gods. You know what I mean? So I think that's a, a big part of as to why they were so freaking crazy. You know? What also makes me wonder is that the fact that his style was so like not liked back then it was considered unmanly but in today's standards and maybe this is why now he's portrayed as the all father it's because his style was about the mind was about wisdom was about knowledge which is a very modern idea compared to probably the peak of Norse culture when it was Thor all focused on battle and it, and it what, shows what, what yeah. do you need wisdom for if you're going to go fight and the, and the sacrifices that Odin had to make to get that was actually pretty crazy because it's still it was it was shown in sacrifices later on by the humans which was you know he had to stab himself with a spear and then hang himself from a tree for nine days and nights now that specific thing 
was done as sacrifices to Odin for that, for his wisdom, for his knowledge, you know? So they, they took the sacrifices that they read about and learned about and put them to actual use thinking that it's going to give them the same answers. And for them, maybe it did, I don't know, but it's just interesting how they, you know, were like, okay, well they did that. So we're going to do it too. And people were willing, you know what I mean? Which is just an insane aspect of it. And I think it's it's crazy that like even that idea of like sacrifice and putting your body through that type of strain will lead to spiritual understanding and deeper wisdom. Because I know in Native American culture, they have a tradition where, you know, they fast for, I don't, I don't I'm going to butcher this, but they fast for like 42 hours and then they essentially take these massive hooks and they pierce their skin and they hang themselves from a tree. You know, and they hang there for a certain amount of time and they do all this stuff with the hooks through the skin and and like it has all this like deep spiritual meaning that I'm not even going to try to get into because I I don't know what it is. I'm not going to pretend like I do. But that same concept of there needs to be some sacrificial, some sacrifice of your flesh and you need to be willing to endure pain in order to gain knowledge. You know, that's something that I think is uniform across all religions you know which i think is pretty interesting definitely definitely it's interesting how everyone just kind of goes with the flow for that stuff Mm -hmm. but i think in this culture we would question it so much and now loki he's the one that comes through the same kind of always i think it's just because the trickster god is always going to be interesting it's own right you don't have to change it to make anything there's always going to be malice and and pranks in the world so you don't really have to modernize that for any reason but you know, to what extent does that go? Well, at least Loki was able to transform himself into any type of being, which is, you know, goes hand in hand with him being the trickster god. So Loki, for all intents and purposes, was like an alter ego of Odin. Odin's often portrayed as serious and very, you know, mindful and, and spiritual. And Loki was kind of like that younger brother that was just, you know, up and running. Yeah, and Loki just, wasn't even the real son of of Odin. He was adopted. Oh, was he really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know the full story, but I do know that Thor and, and Loki were brothers, but he was an adopted brother. Hmm. And at the the story that comes to mind because I know it's a big storyline in uh, Valhalla is that loki convinced the gods to to essentially you know make a wager with the giant and the giant promised to build them a fortress really quickly on one condition that giant gets the hand of freya who is the goddess of love i believe right something like something that. like that and so they wanted to, to marry freya so without her permission they just agree and <laughs> and so yeah, take her. when it seemed the building would would be done on time the gods got all pissed off and threatened loki with death so Loki being afraid that he was going to die because this fucking plan was working out, turned himself into a mare and seduced a giant's horse and making completion of the fortress impossible. So what ended up happening was that Loki is now also the proud mother of an eight-legged stallion uh, who became the chosen ride of Odin. So... It's crazy. When you read these things, it's kind of like, I don't really understand what the hell is going on. But Loki eventually, like all this stuff caught up with him when he became responsible for the death of Odin's son and 
started dropping diss tracks. Yeah, just started to, <laughs> to everyone else about the dead son. Yes, and so the gods basically got tired of putting up with him, bound him in chains, and made and bound him from the chains made from his own son's entrail, and imprisoned him under the earth to wait until the end of days. So he ended up getting like basically what Prometheus got, where he's just chained up and he's stuck there for ever. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. and what's crazy to me is that all these stories, like the the person that's chained up, they're just like in there chained up, scheming for ways to get out. And like what they're gonna do. Like I don't have the type of energy to sit there for you know thousands of years plotting my revenge. But if you had the time and the silence, you can I, only I st- imagine. I still don't know if I would even do that. To be honest with you, no, I, I would fucking be ready. Yeah, I know it. I mean, what else are you gonna do? All you have time to think about is how to get out. Or it's like those uh, in Hercules. What's the freaking Titans that get released? They're they're like all chained up. Yeah, the Titans. Yeah, and they come the out and they're like, I know exactly where to go and what to do. Boom. Boom. They're blowing shit up. So speaking of Ragnarok, basically that is the end of all times. It's supposed to be where war becomes the epitome of death between all mm-hmm. that's living in this world and destruction of everything. And not just war. I mean, it's like it's war, famine, everything. It's kind of like the entire world is self-destructing yeah. and trying to cleanse itself of whatever is has been on top of it. And it's interesting because a lot of this stuff is brought up. It's Ragnarok's brought up multiple times as people get worried that, you know, they're losing a battle, they're they're, you know, people are dying because they're not getting good crops that year and all this stuff happens and they start to believe that Ragnarok is going to happen that year. Like, it's going to be the end of times. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. But, you know, it's just the the way the cycle of life goes sometimes and people just assume. And I think for, you know, Ragnarok, this was a firm belief that this was going to happen. And it was essentially any type of prog quote-unquote progress that had been made was now going to be out the window so ragnarok was supposed to be the norse believed there'd be an axe age a sword age a wind age a wolf age before the world fell so that looked like three years of chaos famine and plague on the earth and that would be followed with mighty wars in the heavens and so basically everything that odin and company had spent time locking away or putting away was going to come back for said revenge so that includes the jotunheims the giant wolves and a world-spanning serpent and it was going plus and, a, a revenge hungry loki loki's gonna come out pissed and so this basically depicted the fall of the norse gods o- odin thor frey and tyr that they would fall and the entire world would burn and it would burn everything to ashes, killing eventually everything that lives. And now, as I sit here and think about this, I feel like there there's a minority of religions that prophesize the end of the world or the end of the days. Most just give a reason for why things are and kind of give a general philosophy on the world. But I, I don't know many that have... I don't, I don't know about that. I actually think it's the opposite. I think there's a minority that don't... You think? I mean, every, almost every religion has a Ragnarok and they talk about it. I mean, I can't tell you, I've been hearing that Jesus is coming back since I've, you know, we've been in church Mm -hmm. in the early nineties, you know what I mean? Or late nineties. Like that was just constantly a thing. And when I tell you like my family, like prepared for that shit, like I, I mean it, you know? 
So maybe I'm a little biased just because like that was my experience. What other than Christianity, what other ones have it? I mean, the Jewish faith is still waiting for their Messiah. Uh-huh. Granted, there's, I don't know if it's so much of an end of days as much as it's just like, I'm going to take you all with me, eh, I guess for the rapture. But like, if I think Greek mythology, they didn't really have an end of days. They just had continuous stories of things happening. Buddhism doesn't really have a, a heaven or a hell, so there's no reason to think that it's going to end at any point yeah. besides us being part of the earth. Native Americans, I don't know if they have, you know, a time when... I, I, I don't know. I, I can only really speak from, like, you know, there's doomsday preppers. There's, you know, like, the, the rapture is going to happen. There's cults built around the rapture. Yeah. There's and, cults that, that one guy is, is like, I'm God. A, but is it always a Christian rapture because that's all no, still focused not, around not necessarily one. no because there's there's been cults where it's like aliens are going to come take us on on this day and we need to do x y and z to get be taken there you know the one thing that i back to to this yeah the one thing that i think fascinates me about this is that everybody that was involved in the death of ymir gets killed by ymir because he's the earth now, yeah. right? And the earth is now ridding itself of everything, which is the ultimate revenge story. And then they're still giving new life because now the earth is going to rebuild itself. And so it's kind of like this like never-ending cycle of you know, Odin and company got what they deserved and what was going to happen was still going to happen. And there's still going to be this earth that they wanted to create that they – did everything they could to create and now they're going to that's going to be their ultimate fate. So does that mean that even though the entire religion and the entire culture was based around war and warriors and killing and domination that they still knew that it was wrong if they knew that they were all going to get what was coming to them? At some point, even though their heaven was, I, I would be, I'd be curious to see how somebody that actually like believes this or follows this would explain it. Cause I feel like my explanation is coming from an inherent place of good and evil. Yeah. The way I'm interpreting it. Yeah. Right. Like the way I grew up. Yeah. So I'd be kind of curious to see if somebody that like grew up like that practicing this, they didn't have those, you know, subconscious beliefs or like, you know, the, 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 uh, duality of good and bad, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I think it'd be interesting to hear them say that because, like, the yeah, like the way I'm looking at it is very like it was a now B and it equals C type thing. Yeah, and so this wouldn't be drum and drummer without the boys trying to fight everything. Absolutely. Uh, And so we have a list of some creatures and monsters from Norse mythology, and we're gonna find out if the boys think they can take these guys in a fight and how they would put up with them if they came face to face with these creatures. On any given day. The first, if you played God of War, you know, are the Draugrs. And they are kind of like zombies. Basically like zombies or like just human monsters, human looking monsters. Well, honestly, it depends how many, but I could probably take at least five. Five? Five. Five with with a sword and shield. I'll fuck them up. Even though they have superhuman strength. Yeah, man. They can increase their size at will. Yeah, man, no one said it was going to be easy. But the way that you know that they're coming is that they the one thing they can't shake is this stench of decay, and they basically look like a zombie, like they have a dead body. I feel like if I had a weapon, I could 
probably take one because i imagine that like they don't move very fast Uh so i feel like i could definitely get away i'm not saying i would fight it to the death i would kill this motherfucker but i feel like i could definitely like give myself enough space to just enough to get some room i think a plus on your side too is that all of the good warriors are not droggers because they're in valhalla they're not subjugated that's not that's not not necessarily true you think because, like Dalton said earlier, it could be something where they do fight to the death, but in order for you to get to Valhalla, you need to be killed in battle. Yeah. And so you could be bleeding out, and, you know, like, you could be dying. You could be a great warrior, and you start dying of old age. Yeah. But you've just pissed enough people off, and you're like, give me a warrior's death. And I'm like, no, fuck you. And you get, like, you're just bedridden. You can't get up to go fight somebody to, to you know what I mean? So, but then you come back in this decrepit body, young and youthful. Joints abound. Fucking be get big, terrifying, dude. Get bulk on demand. Ooh. So you'd have to burn them or dismember them. See, people evil, greedy, or unpopular most likely become Draugr. So yeah. they're still like bastards, but they're not as like good of fighters as, as, uh, as the other guys. All right, second, dwarves. I think a dwarf would fuck me up. Uh, yeah, I don't think I fuck with the dwarf. Also known as dark elves, which is different mm-hmm. than I think the other hmm. the you know Tolkien version of dark elves, well, and they are crazy. they are the maggots from the corpse of Emir, which is kind of rude. I guess it makes sense while they're why they're in the mountains and in the the crevices. They're just of his teeth. The world and technically they're his they're shards. giants. Hmm. Really. The first of the Norse giants. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. But they are, I mean, see, and here, this is the only reason why I don't think I would win. Okay. Obviously, I'm looking them eye to eye. We're just squaring up, right? And But here's the thing is like any weapon they have, because they were master blacksmiths. Yeah. And forgers, right? Any any weapon they have is just going to just like uh, cut through any weapon I have. Like we could have both have two swords and we'll clash them together and their sword will just cut straight through and kill me also they're just known to be like fucking strong as shit mm-hmm. so i don't i think i can probably outrun it smart but i ain't gonna fight it you're not gonna fight it hell no i'm too run. smart to fight it yeah All so right. what about and this one's cool I, i'm gonna what about fenrir let's say let's say odin comes to you and says i've seen the way that i can avoid my fate you need to go fight fenrir I would I would go die to Fenrir. I don't think I don't think I could take on a giant wolf. Maybe maybe a normal sized wolf. Maybe one. Anything more than one is just too much. I feel like I could take Fenrir. Well, Fenrir is is one wolf, but it's huge. Yeah, but he's not that smart. I just you just need a big net. Well, you can just trick him. <laughs> they the he way they fire, bro. The way they got him chained up was they were like, "Hey man, let's play a game. How strong are you? Can you break this chain?" Can you break this chain? And they kept making more and more chains until they had the dwarves then make like the ultimate chain that could not be broken. Mm-hmm. That's smart. That's very smart. I'd say, hey, man, can you play hopscotch on these nets? And then his dumbass tries to hop. One, two, three, pull. Everybody I'd probably pulls. just find like a, a really tall tree and shoot it with a thousand arrows until it dies. And it's going to take a long time. I know. I it's Elden Ring style. That's wild, though. He Even though he did get tricked, he was suspicious of the chain and was like, why don't you put your hand in my mouth? That's right. To yes. prove that it's to prove that this. He did is, that to, to Tyr? 
That's not a trick. Yeah. yeah. And Tyr was like, I'll do it, knowing he's going to lose his hand. And he still made the sacrifice so that they could chain up yep. Fenrir. And he did. He indeed lost it. And then Fenrir cried so much that he created a river. Man, I would too, man. That has to hurt. Ooh. So here's another one called the Grim, which is a water spirit playing the fiddle with incredible talent, mimicking the sounds of nature. And he needs an offering to be passed. And he seems to be kind of like a siren. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a different way. And it, yeah. it, from the pictures, it looks like it's uh kind of looks like a golem figure, but taller with a fiddle with a fiddle. So you think you could beat a water spirit musician? As long as they're on the rock. If they're in the water, I, I look, I'll fight anything on land, but the minute it gets in the water, I won't fuck with it. Like sirens, I won't fuck with them. Can I can I fight it by like singing a karaoke song and like I have to pass? Like I have to yeah. I have to do a good enough job, like I have to bring it to tears with one of my, my, yeah. my musical songs. What song would you sing? Say something I'm giving up on you. The song gets me every time. I think it would work. Now, to be fair, if you win, he will then teach you how to play the instrument that you want by taking whatever that is and and like working it until it bleeds. So if you made him cry from your song, he would take your vocal cords and fine tune them until they bled inside of your throat. And then could I, I mean, could I still sing afterwards? You would sing even better. But you have internal bleeding. But I have no, there's no way for me to pass this guy unless he does that. Yeah. Well, that sucks. I would just walk the other way. There's no winning. You want to sing right? You got to bleed on the inside. Next up is Jormungandr. Jormungandr. Oh, man. That's the earth, the world, the the world serpent. world serpent. I love, I love Bro, he's another child of Loki. How, is Loki just transforming to animals? Is he into bestiality? Is that why he's doing this? Loki likes to fuck, dog. Is it bestiality if you are a animal as well? But is, he's, I mean, he's. That's a whole topic. uh, Yeah, he's not. (laughs) He's not. But is he? (sighs) No. We don't know. He's, obviously he's not human if he's changing into other things. Really, Uh. no. He's, he's not. A, he's he can't god. be considered human. He's, he's, they're, he's a god, so it takes him out of the aspect of what we would do, right? Because if we're doing animals, it's bestiality. But if you're a god and you can change into the animal and you have a whole different mindset, whole different level of understanding of life, then it's, it's just Tuesday. It's just a Tuesday night, man. Mm. So this this world serpent is the bane of Thor's existence. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the one thing that he fucking keeps fighting. So apparently Thor and uh, some giant named Heimer were fishing at his favorite spot, and they weren't satisfied with the entire whales that they were catching. Thor insists on going out further into sea, where he brings up this massive world-circling serpent on his hook. He pulls the serpent out of the water. They come face to face. The serpent is dribbling poison and blood, the giant's appalled. He's appalled by the scene. He cuts the fish line before Thor can kill the serpent with his hammer, and the serpent returned to the sea. So Thor and this massive serpent are fated to slay each other during Ragnarok. So you got Odin with the wolf. Uh-huh, with Fenrir. Fenrir. You got Thor. With Jorgenmander. Jorgenmander. Then you got... Okay, we need we need Tyr and, and 
Freya. Uh huh. But do you think you could take York Mingander? No. No, you would swap. Sw- I would go live inside it. You know what? No. I think I could. I think I would just spend my entire life living on the back end of his tail or somewhere in the middle of his back uh-huh. where I could see his head coming around. Yeah. And that would just give me enough time to just move. Now, he does eat his own tail. Yeah, it's the world serpent. He eats himself. So you're telling me if I sit right behind his head? Then you should be good. I should be good. Yeah. Because I just got to make it behind his head. Uh-huh. I think I could pull that off. I think I can manage that. Absolutely not. I will not fight these things in water. And the Jotnars. No, they would fuck me up. I think, I, think if I was able to catch one sleeping. Really? Yeah, I would, nope. I would I would, do what this guy's doing. Just go straight for the inside the ear. That's the best way to get to the brain. I would have the biggest spear, and I just stab that sucker in the ear as much as I possibly can. The Kraken. The Kraken. We'll go a little faster now. Kraken, Kraken's a no-no Did for me. Did you know me. the Kraken was from Norse mythology? I did. And finally, the Valkyries. You know, it'd just be an honor to have a Valkyrie even come down to fight me. Yeah. I'd be like, man, am I that good where a Valkyrie wants to kill me? I'll take that. The I'll die to a Valkyrie. The Valkyrie were female spirits in the service of the god Odin. That's interesting. I didn't know that. They chose the worthy warriors. To go to Valhalla? To go to Valhalla. Ah. And they were the ultimate, they were the top generals of Odin's, like, heavenly army hmm interesting i didn't know that yeah, uh no i think they would absolutely destroy me it'd be cool to fight one though wouldn't last long mm. choosers of the slain is what it means maybe one block maybe i'd be able to block one thing and then i'd just be rolling and dodging be pulling out my elden ring you pull out your elden ring yeah all right well the last thing i want to point out just really quick is that mare comes from norse mythology which is where we get nightmare from. And ah. it's like the idea of the hag, the lady hag that sits on you while you sleep and like sucks out your soul. And like uh, kills you from sitting on it. And gives chest. you bad dreams. Yeah. Yeah. And like a type of demon comes from these. Like, oh, I had a nightmare. Like a mare was sitting on yeah, my chest. Yeah, that's where last the word night. that's where the word comes from. Yeah. A nightmare. Well, that's pretty cool. All right, you've made it this far into the mini, so thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate it. Go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. And I hope to see you all here next week. Until then, I'm Drum. And I'm Drummer. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye.